Hey, I'm Andy. I'm Andy. And you're listening to the HMO Podcast. Over 10 years ago, I set myself the challenge of building my own property portfolio. And what began as a short-term investment plan soon became a long-term commitment to change the way young people live together. I've now built several successful businesses, I've raised millions of pounds of investment, and I've managed thousands of tenants. Join me and some very special guests to discover the tips, tricks, and hacks, the ups and the downs, the best practice, and everything else you need to know to start, scale, and systemize your very own HMO portfolio. Now. It's understandable that as newbie investors, as new HMO property investors, new to the space, buying our first, maybe our second deal, that we're going to make some mistakes. I know I certainly did, but it's essential. In fact, it's imperative that we don't make the sorts of mistakes that could hinder our progress altogether, that we don't make the sorts of mistakes that could actually set us back. There are five mistakes that I often see newbie HMO investors making. These can be fatal. These can actually be catastrophic to your business. They can stop you getting into business before you're even in business. So today, what I'd really like to do is talk to you about these five common mistakes that I see new HMO investors make. That way you can be aware of them. That way you can avoid them. And that way you can get on and build the business that you actually want to build, sidestep these problems. If that sounds good to you, if you're right at the beginning of your journey, maybe you're one or two projects in, then this episode is definitely for you. So don't go anywhere. Please sit back, relax, and enjoy today's episode of the HMO Podcast. Hey guys, it's Andy here. We're going to be getting back to the podcast in just a moment. But before we do, I want to tell you very quickly about the HMO Roadmap. Now, if you're serious about replacing your income, or perhaps you've already got a HMO portfolio that you want to scale up, then the HMO Roadmap really is your one-stop shop. Inside the Roadmap, you'll find a full 60-lesson course delivered by me, teaching you how to find more deals, how to fund more deals and raise private finance, how to refurbish great properties, how to fill them with great tenants that stay for longer, and how to manage your properties and tenants for the future. We've also got guest workshops added every single month. We've got new videos added every single week about all sorts of topics. We've got downloadable resources, cheat sheets and swipe files to help you. We've got case studies from guests and community members who are doing incredible projects that you can learn from. And we've also built an application just for you that allows you to appraise and evaluate your deals, stack them side by side and track the key metrics that are most important to you. To find out more, head to the hmoroadmap.co.uk now and come and join our incredible community of HMO property investors. Okay, welcome back to the show, guys. So today we're going to talk about five HMO mistakes that I see newbies making all the time. These are so common. It's really easy to fall into the trap of making these mistakes. I made some of these mistakes myself, fortunately. The results of them weren't too significant. I managed to get beyond them. But for some people, actually getting these wrong can be the end of it. You know, it can be fatal. So it is important. And I really want you to take this on board today. I want you to make sure that you don't make these mistakes. And just before we get into today's episode, before we dive in, I also want to say that making mistakes is part and parcel of building a business. It's certainly part and parcel of building a property business. There are lots and lots and lots of moving parts to what we're trying to do. And we are going to make mistakes. I make mistakes every day, every week, every month, still, and I'm 10, 12, 15 years into it almost. You're going to make mistakes if you're just getting started. And that's fine. The key thing is to make sure you learn from those mistakes. But it is really, really important that the mistakes you do make aren't fatal. They don't hold you back to the extent that you can't move beyond it. And for some people, certainly in the earlier stages, they can. These sorts of mistakes can have that impact. 
the consequences can be so profound that it can stop you really getting to where you need to be. For some people, it can be really damaging to confidence. It can really damage self-belief and it can really damage the motivation and the enthusiasm you have to do something like this because it is tough to build a property business. And I've always been really honest about that. But hopefully these five, the most common, which I also think are perhaps, if you get them wrong, the most consequential are actually the easiest to avoid. So without further ado, let's get stuck into this. So I've got five things, five common mistakes that I see newbies making all of the time. Okay. The first one, I want you to tick these off. Okay. As we go, if you are guilty of of any of these to any extent as well. So the very first one, first most common mistake I see people making is they chase too many opportunities. Put your hands up if you're guilty of chasing too many opportunities. Now, I get this because when you're just getting started, you are excited, but you're also a little bit overwhelmed. You're really motivated, but also a little bit scared. So you kind of look at lots of things and you spread yourself a little bit too thin. And what happens is you don't really commit to doing enough of what you need to be doing because you've always got your eye on something else as well. So a really good example is I see lots and lots of people who are just getting started. They're buying their first HMO, but they're also looking at SA as a second strategy and they're doing this simultaneously. Now that they might have adopted a 70-20-10 principle where 70% of the time and effort is meant to be going on HMOs and 20% is going on SAs. And in theory, that's fine. But when you're just getting started out, it's pretty much the worst thing you could possibly do. When you're just getting started out, you should be 100% on whatever it is you're just getting started with. When it comes to HMOs, you've got so much to figure out. You know, you've got to figure out your actual strategy and your game plan. You've got to figure out where you're investing. You need to do your area evaluations. That takes time. You need to understand deal analysis in detail. You need to be getting in and doing viewings, meeting agents, developing relationships, meeting builders, planning refurbs. All of this stuff is really, really important. And if you're not doing this and really focusing on that single objective of either buying your first HMO or getting your first rent-to-rent deal, whatever it is, you're doing yourself a disservice. Most newbie investors are looking or considering a few other things. And even within the, the HMO space, they're looking at different things. They're looking at HMOs to buy, but they're also looking at HMOs to do rent-to-rent with. And they're looking at students, but also professionals and would consider doing social. <laughs> and so all of this creates quite a confusing environment. It makes it very difficult to replicate your systems and skills and experience that you start to develop. So the first piece of advice I'm giving you is don't chase too many opportunities. In time, they will come. And in time, you'll be able to pursue them and you'll be able to leverage them and make lots of money from them. But when you're just getting started, make sure you've got that total clarity on that objective, that goal, whatever it is that you want to achieve and focus on everything and nothing else that will deliver that result. Okay, the second mistake I see newbie HMO investors making is they're too optimistic about the numbers of a deal. And that includes, I'm afraid to say it, the revaluation figures. I have seen so many deals over the years, so many deals that people have wanted a second opinion on, so many deals that people have wanted me to pass on to investors, so many deals that people have wanted me to invest in. And some of them have been pretty good. Some of them have been average at best. And some of them have been, some of them have been diabolical, really, really bad. And Where they've been bad, it's almost always because there's too much optimism in the deal. Now, that really concerns me. That really scares me. 
certainly as an investor, but as someone who's just getting started, you really need to understand the implications of being too optimistic in your deal. So just as a really kind of rough and ready example, if you're buying a deal, maybe you've borrowed a bit of money to get this first HMO, maybe that cash is going towards your refurb. Well, if you're quite optimistic about things like the rental income that you're going to get or the occupancy levels that you're going to get or what the refurb's going to cost, then at the back end, if, if you were out on all of that, at the back end, actually your rents could be down a little bit, your refurb could have been up a little bit. And this could influence the valuation and you might find that you just get a down valuation because that surveyor on that particular day didn't have his breakfast. You know, it could be really that simple. But the long and short of it is you could end up having appraised a deal that looks great on paper, but because you were too optimistic, you were kind of over on the, the optimistic side of the spectrum. When it hasn't come to fruition, it leaves quite a big gap to fill. And if that gap is 30 grand, That could be that 30 grand that you've got to repay, that you've borrowed to do the project in the first place. That's a difficult problem. Yeah, that's a difficult position to be in because how do you repay that? Do you wait for the rental income to come? That could take years. You need to avoid it happening in the first place. And the best way to do this is to re-engineer your deal at day one, at day dot. You either go back and you renegotiate or you ideally you just re- renegotiate a better price in the first instance so that you can achieve the numbers that you need to achieve on a less optimistic picture, a less optimistic view. But this does apply to a number of things, but certainly being too optimistic on the numbers in a deal, including the revaluation, is one of the most common mistakes I see HMO property investors making. You sort of just make the numbers work to fit the outcome that you want. And that is not the way to do it. You need to make sure that the numbers go in and the numbers are realistic. It's okay to look at pessimistic and optimistic positions. That's fine. But you really need to make sure that you stack deals up based on that realistic scenario where in all likelihood, that is actually what will happen. Not if you've got a good win, not if the survey is having a great day. So that's the second one. Don't be too optimistic about the numbers of a deal, and that includes your revaluations. Okay, number three. The third, third most common mistake I see newbie investors making is they underestimate the time that it takes to do refurbishments. This is huge. So I see a lot of people plan refurbs, and they sound great. The numbers can be pretty good and they've got quotes and estimates and that's great. But then they tell me that they think it's going to take six weeks to do it. My jaw drops. Building takes a long time. And it's not always just the building. So to do what you need to do might involve building regs and that might involve some drawings. And to get the drawings, you might need to do a measured survey. Well, it might take you three or four weeks to get a measured survey booked in. You might need a structural engineer to come do some calcs. That could take a couple of weeks. It might take a couple of weeks to get your steels on site. Your builder might be good, your builder might be slow. If Christmas gets in the way or bank holidays or they're unwell or COVID, any of this stuff can slow down the refurb. It could just be as simple as materials not being available. You might need, recent example for me, we needed some electrical, uh, electric towel radiators in a particular finish. We needed them in a, in a bronze finish and it was incredibly difficult to get hold of them. The uh, The lead time was weeks and weeks and weeks and it slowed us down a little bit. Now we had built this into our contingency because we build fat timelines, fat margins into our refurbs, but newbies tend not to do this. They look very optimistically and in part this is because they don't have the experience, which is completely understandable. But what I'm saying to you is make sure that you're realistic about how long it will take. 
ask the right questions, ask people, come into the HMO community and ask questions. Guys, how long do you think it would take to do this? What am I missing? What should I be thinking about? And with that, and with the advice that you get from people like that, you can start to build a more realistic time frame. But most of the time, it's more, it's going to take longer than you think it is. Okay, number four. The fourth most common mistake I see newbie HMO investors making is they don't prioritize the activity of raising finance and managing finance highly enough. A lot of people are aware that finance and getting finance together is really important, but they don't prioritize the activity involved in actually getting it on the table. And certainly for a lot of us, if it's going to rely on raising that privately or, or even through the banks, there's a huge amount of work that we need to do for that. But certainly when it comes to raising private finance, it depends on whether we have a community. Do we have a network? Do we have friends and family who are interested in investing and capable of investing? The answer might be yes. The answer might be no. For some of us, we just don't know. But there are lots of things that we should be doing and could be doing when it comes to raising private finance. We certainly don't need vast amounts of experience to do this at all. We've seen dozens of guests on the show who've borrowed money from close family members and friends, and they haven't had experience doing their first project, but they've been able to explain and had enough trust with, within these investors to raise a certain amount of money to get started. And I see a lot of newbie investors leaving this too late. They wait until they've got an offer accepted or they get the prices in for a refurb before they realise they're going to need some more funding or funding for, for the next project or a, a gap to fill. And then they go and try and do it at that point. And the problem with that is, first of all, it limits the amount of people that you're going to be able to speak to. But certainly what it also does is it puts people under pressure. And newbies have, in all honesty, they make the mistake of putting people under too much pressure. Sometimes it takes time for investors to think about whether they want to invest, whether they want to invest with you, whether they can even draw down the money from somewhere else to make it available. You know, there are lots of reasons, but certainly none of us like to be pressured into anything. We don't like to be put under pressure. And certainly when it comes to raising money or borrowing and lending money, that isn't the sort of thing that we want to do under pressure. So when it comes to private finance, raising finance and managing finance, make sure as a newbie investor, this is on your radar all of the time. So if it's about finding investors, you know, what's your strategy? How are you going to do it? Is it LinkedIn? Do you have a social media strategy? Do you even have a fundraising objective? Do you know what the Crest model is? All of this stuff, lots of this that we talk about inside the HMO roadmap, it's in the course on raising private finance. Just an ex as an example, have you done that? Have you got that plan together? Because trust me, if you want to scale this up, you're going to need to do it. And the best time to start is now, not when you need it. Okay, the fifth and the final mistake I see newbie HMO investors making is they spend too much time and too much money on websites and branding. I'm afraid to say it. And also, I could hold my hands up. This is me. We spent way too much money doing this, literally thousands of pounds, and it was completely pointless. I get it. Putting a brand together and a website, and it looks good. And it's an area where we can quite easily invest some time and feel like we get a, you know, get something for it. We're, we're rewarded by you know the, this, this outcome, this thing that looks great. But in all honesty, for many of us, it doesn't really matter. Now, if you're just buying your first HMO or you're just planning to raise some private finance, or even if you're just doing your, your first 
deal, like trying to do your first rent to rent deal. You don't need an all singing and all dancing brand and website. Of course, I'm sure you need something, but it doesn't need to be really fancy and really, really expensive. Keep it cheap, keep it quick. That's my advice when it comes to websites and branding. Over time, And in time, you can continue to invest in this. And as you do that, you'll find that your business plan and strategy and the things that you can put on there, it all evolves. Inevitably, you'll spend a lot of money. If you decide to spend a lot of money on it on day one, inevitably, as your business progresses and evolves, it won't be too long at all before you want to come back and spend more money on it because it won't be quite right. So you have to grow into this. So don't Go out and spend loads of money on a website and branding on day one. Focus on getting deals done. Focus on raising private finance. Focus on learning and knowledge. Uh, Focus on building your network and contacts. Focus on all of that stuff and wait before you spend money on websites and branding. So there we go. The five common mistakes that I see newbie investors making that I want you to avoid. First of all, number one, chasing too many opportunities. We're all guilty of it, but newbies especially. Number two, being too optimistic about the numbers in a deal. That includes revaluations. Number three, underestimating the time it takes to do refurbs. This is probably one I still have to work on to today, but make sure that you're being realistic about your timelines. Number four, not prioritizing the activity of raising and managing finance highly enough. This is so important. It's going to be one of the most important. It's one of the key pillars in your business. So make sure you're doing it. And finally, number five, spending too much time and money on websites and branding. Don't do it. So there you go, guys. I hope, I really hope that today's episode helps you avoid these five mistakes. I'm sure it will. You might have to be strict. It's no good me just telling you what they are. You actually have to do it and acknowledge them. And if you're already doing some of these, maybe think about whether you should be, whether you need to change your habits. But now, most importantly, go out there, focus, get deals across the line, get invested, start making money and start getting more cash on the table. Because that, when it all boils down to it, you know, that is how simple building a property business is. I know there's loads more detail, but... As newbies, we get overwhelmed, we chase loads of things, and we end up getting so distracted we don't make any progress. Don't do that. That's it for today's episode, gang. Thank you so much. Now, I would love to know what you think. Are you guilty of any of these? Come and tell us inside the HMO community. You won't be the only one. Do you have any questions about any of this? Are you scaling up, and are you looking for a bit of guidance and support? Well, if you are, coming over to the HMO community because it's a great place to find that advice and support. And of course, if you want more help to scale this up, if you want the detail, the nitty gritty, then it's all waiting for you inside the HMO roadmap. We've got the 60 lesson course about funding, about refurbs, about much more that, that I've created for you. We've got the deal stacker. We've got tons of resources, including spreadsheets and tools. We've got dozens of case studies and much, much more. You guys know because I tell you every week, but head on over to the HMO Roadmap now and and check it out. And finally, guys, if you've got 30 seconds before you dash off, please, 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 please leave a quick review of the show. It helps more than you could possibly know. Helps me continue to bring great guests on the show so you don't have to hear me all the time, which I know you like and enjoy. But guys, thank you so much. Thanks for tuning in. That's it for today's episode. So don't forget, I'll be right back here in the very same place next time. So please join me then for another installment of the HMO Podcast. (laughs) 